Good morning, Orlando. Wednesday morning at the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Good morning and welcome to our first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning some U.S. Intel chiefs appear before the Senate today, and Florida lawmakers return to tally for a special session. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. And in our first half hour this morning, more on Orlando's workplace killer and the NSA leaker here on Good Morning Orlando. And good Wednesday morning at 6.02 on News Radio 102.5. Some of the nation's top intelligence chiefs will testify in a Senate hearing on surveillance authority today. They're also expected to be pressed about the investigation of Russian meddling in the presidential election. The hearing of the Senate Intelligence Committee will include NSA Chief Mike Rogers, Acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, and Dan Coats, the Director of National Intelligence. The hearing happens just one day before the same committee Here's from former FBI Director James Comey. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In the meantime, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is backing the woman charged with leaking classified material to the media. Reality winner, yes, that's her name, worked with a federal contractor and is accused of leaking info about a supposed Russian hacking attempt right before the election. She faces up to 10 years in prison if convicted. He said she's, quote, accused of courage in trying to help us know End quote. He also tweeted that it doesn't matter why she leaked the report because acts of, quote, non-elite sources communicating knowledge should be strongly encouraged, end quote. I think there's only one way to stop the leakers, and I'll get into that here in 10 minutes, Deb. All right. Well, overseas, Iranian news media say a man opened fire in the Iranian parliament today, killing a guard. At least two members of the public were also injured. The motivation of the attack and the identity of the shooter remain unclear. It happened around the same time as another attacker opened fire at the mausoleum of Ayatollah Khomeini. There are unconfirmed reports that he then blew himself up. Ayatollah Khomeini launched the Islamic Revolution back in 1979. Staying overseas, French authorities say the man who attacked three uh, Paris police officers Tuesday at the Notre Dame Cathedral shouted, this is for Syria. France's interior minister told reporters the suspect used a hammer in the attack but was also carrying kitchen knives. One officer was injured but is said to be recovering. Police shot the attacker and he was taken to the hospital in unknown condition. Investigators believe he acted alone. Back here closer to home, in fact, in local news, Dave and Busters is being credited for making sure a boy had a happy birthday a day after a tragic loss. Jeff Roberts was killed Monday in the Forsyth shooting at Fiamma in Orlando, a day before his grandson Alex's 11th birthday. Mm. After hearing what had happened, staff at Dave and Busters in Orlando decided to throw a party for Alex yesterday. Plus, crisis counselors had told the family Keep it as normal as possible so that from this point forward, he won't always think of his birthday as the day that his grandfather died. So the uh, an expert says the party will help Alex avoid forever associating his birthday with his grandfather's death. So. Oh, my goodness. And we had another one of the victims who just a day oh. earlier had celebrated his son's graduation from high school with a huge family party. I mean, it's just unimaginable pain. These people and these families have been put in the loss of these loved ones. At the hands of this guy, Newman, 
Uh, and we got a few things we need to say about him, and we will here in a moment, Deb. All right. Well, in our other uh, big Florida story is uh, lawmakers are back in Tallahassee today for a three-day special session to finish the new state budget, and most of them have been kept in the dark. Governor Rick Scott spent the past two months traveling the Sunshine State, complaining that a handful of lawmakers were assembling their budget in secret. This session was fascinating to me because so much of it was done in secret. You do find out about these bills just the last couple of days. Uh, we find out our budget just right before people had to vote on it. While the governor complained about the lack of transparency, he held secret meetings with legislative leaders. The final deal is now being presented to rank-and-file lawmakers. And finally, George and Amal Clooney are the proud parents of twins, Ella and Alexander. Amal and the babies are healthy, according to a Clooney spokesperson who jokingly added that George is, quote, sedated and should recover in a few days. <laughs> the pregnancy was revealed in February on a talk show when the host mentioned that Jay-Z and Beyonce weren't the only ones expecting twins. The Cloonies are expected to live in England. WFLA Newstime 606. Read about Michael Moore launching Trumpy Leaks website. Trumpy leaks, That's not wiki leaks, no, Trumpy leaks. Trumpy leaks. Lovely. Yeah. You can get the details at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. But Henninger, Deborah Roberts, Yaffe at the controls, and good morning. We greet you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Deb will be back with the news at the top of the bottom of the hour, of course, all morning long and whenever it breaks. Keeping an eye on that um, um, uh, situation in the uh, Iranian capital that is breaking news overnight. Deb brought you first word on that. We're going to be getting into this NSA leaker, this little weasel. What is her name? Reality. Winner, is it Yaffe? Is that it? What kind of name is that? It sounds like a horse in the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> it does. <laughs> that is exactly what, what it sounds like. What is that, like. <laughs> this little weasel? I'll tell you how to shut her down and all the rest of the leakers, and there's only one way I know to do it. We're also going to get into this congressman who's taken a lot of flack for what he said we need to do with all Islamic terrorists. I think this guy is speaking the truth with great, great courage, and he's right on later in this hour. Trump with all the tweets, all the firestorm about the tweets. Should he keep them up or cut them out? We'll talk about it as well. A whole lot more coming up. We'll dive right in on more that we are learning about the uh, workplace massacre and John Newman Jr., who was the trigger man. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Got a new dimension to the um, attacks in Tehran, the capital of Iran here, in the parliament and also uh, at the shrine of their original Ayatollah Khomeini, the big hero of the 1979 revolution in Iran um, that, that, that turned it into a radical Islamic state and overthrew the Shah. The very latest that is in this morning from Fox News is that ISIS is claiming responsibility for the twin attacks in Tehran that included suicide bombers and teams of gunmen who stormed Iran's parliament in the nearby shrine of Ayatollah Khomeini. Two security guards killed, 30 others injured in the rare attacks in Iran with the siege of the legislature, the parliament, still underway. Stay tuned for further updates from uh, Deb and the rest of us here for you on Good Morning Orlando on 
News Radio 1025 WFLA FM and AM 540 and iHeart Radio Station. You're on the 50,000 watt front porch with a few more notes in the wake of the workplace massacre at Fiamma Incorporated on the east side of town at the hands of the guy who killed himself when the cops closed in, this John Newman Jr. Uh, Kind of a loner. Apparently he had been fired by Fiamma back in April. He told a neighbor, and we got into the quotes on this yesterday, that it was all my fault, all my fault. Didn't sound like a guy who would engineer a revenge killing, but something got him thinking, and he came in and he targeted five former employees, seemed very specific about who he was going to kill, carried it out in execution style, shooting him in the head, shooting him multiple times, and letting other people essentially flee for their lives successfully. Um, There's a lot we still don't know, but one thing we really have got to get to the bottom of uh, is um, this incident back in 2014 at Fiamma with Newman and another employee I just don't understand how this thing got swept under the rug and disappeared. Here is what is reported in the Sentinel. Newman's co-worker then, Carlos Rodriguez, no longer works for Fiamma, and nobody's been able to connect with him yet, at least in the media, filed a couple of injunctions against Newman. This is in May of 2014, highlighting an ongoing dispute between the two, one for stalking, another for repeat violence. The injunctions were filed after sheriff's deputies were called to Fiamma when Rodriguez accused Newman of assaulting him. Somehow no charges were filed. Rodriguez wrote in his complaint that Newman started verbally attacking him and he was spitting in my face. He began threatening my life, the life of my family, while getting physical with me. I am in fear of my life, wrote Rodriguez. What's he got to do, kill me before I can get justice? Rodriguez, though, later on, it is reported, voluntarily dismissed the repeat violence injunction. He pulled the plug in his own complaints, what it sounds like to me, and the judge dismissed the stalking injunction for lack of evidence. And apparently they both continued to work there. Rodriguez sued Fiamma in 2015, an unrelated matter having to do with getting overtime pay, which he got. And uh, he no longer works there. But this is a very mysterious thing. However, let me just say this, that, you know, no matter what the circumstances, um, I still don't know, and I said it yesterday, I don't know how you protect against a disgruntled employee and a fired one at that who's been out of the workplace for a substantial period of time and is really not in anybody's mind, how you can 100% protect against them getting back into the business and, and engineering a revenge killing. It is absolutely chilling and disconcerting, I think, to anybody who works anywhere. All right, that, that's what I have this morning. We're just keeping an eye on that story. It's too, big a, it's too big a story and too horrible a story, you know, to have a one-day presence on Good Morning Orlando. We will continue to keep our eyes on it. We need to get into this little left-wing weasel of a leaker this Kentucky Derby horse, or at least that's what her name sounds like, reality winner, big loser. I got to tell you what needs to happen with this chick here in a moment. If you want to shut down the leaks, there's only one way I know of. We'll talk about it. If you've got an idea how we stop the leaks, call me now, 407-916-5400, text line 236 
zero. Right now, Deb has just come down the hallway from the newsroom with breaking news relating to the past weekend's terrorist attack in London. Deb? Yeah, British police report finding a body in the River Thames, and they're saying it is likely the eighth victim in the London Bridge attack. Of course, we had reports of pedestrians trying to jump over the bridge in an effort to avoid that van that was purposely driving into pedestrians on Saturday night before going to the borough's market. Right. Now they have found that eighth body, reportedly the eighth victim from that terror attack. Appreciate the update. Deb will be back with news at the bottom of the hour and whenever we have more breaking news. And my goodness, we've already had quite a lot of it, haven't we? Since we came on the air here with the ongoing scenario of the parliament in Iran and the siege there and ISIS now claiming responsibility. So we will continue to follow all of this closely for you. In the meantime, um, you've been hearing about this leaker this 25-year-old reality Lee winner. Reality winner. It's going to be a derby horse, Yaffe. This is, <laughs> I kept thinking, winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway, the Justice Department has announced charges against this federal contractor uh, with top-secret security clearance after she allegedly leaked classified information to an online media outlet. Uh, There's going to be a detention hearing for her tomorrow. Apparently, she's acknowledged what she did. Uh, Reality winner, age 25, a contractor with Pluribus International Corporation in Georgia, accused of removing classified material from a government facility and mailing it to a news outlet. The penalty for doing that, classified material, sending it to a media outlet, The maximum penalty is 10 years in prison. Let me just say right off the top, there is no other way I know of to cut down on, you'll never fully eliminate them, but to cut down on these kinds of efforts to undermine our national security and change the political game in this country by partisans who don't like the Trump administration. And she's one of them. More on that in a moment. You have got to hit them with the maximum penalty allowed by law. I want those penalties increased. The only way you're going to change this behavior and get people like this little loser reality winner to stop selling us out like this to drive their own political agendas is you've got to make the penalty too too great to pay. You've got to do it. She can't wind up with getting community service or a month or two in the slammer. That's not going to stop anybody. But taking 10 years out of your life, that just might do it. I'd like to see it maybe be 25. I'd like to say if it's a really serious offense, that that it's the death penalty. I'm not kidding about this. If you want to stop this, this is how you do it. Prosecutors say when confronted with the allegations, Winner admitted to intentionally leaking the classified document. She was arrested early in June up in Georgia. She was one of six people who printed out this document, the only one, though, who had email contact uh, with a news outlet, and that's the route she went. I mean, she has a colorful history, reality winner, the NSA leaker and now loser who needs to have the book thrown at her. She um, lays bare online and social media her her political leanings, she's a left-wing environmentalist, a big backer of Bernie Sanders and Michael Moore and that ilk. And she's part of the Resist Trump movement. 
She was um, in the Air Force, served active duty from December of 2010 until last December. She was uh, she was a linguist. She knew foreign languages, and that was uh, kind of her main deal there. She dealt in that area uh, with the United States military. Is there any other way to stop this? Help me out here. They need to throw the book at her. She needs to not to have some kind of left-wing linguini spine judge give her a break. Don't do it. Make an example of her. She needs to go up the river, do hard time for 10 years, period. And then they need to change the law and up the penalty. That's what I think. Yaffe, there's no way to change behavior. How have we at least gotten a handle on drunk driving? We have made the penalties so severe and disruptive of your life that people think twice and they don't get behind the wheel on the numbers they once did. And that's how you change behavior. I have to tell you, you make a really good point. I mean, I could imagine if, say, the penalty was 25 years or even longer, she might have thought twice before doing this. What would you do? Am I too tough on this little 25-year-old will-of-a-wisp with a name that sounds like a derby horse? Reality winner? What would you do with her and the other leakers? trying to sell us out and affect the politics of this country. This is outrageous. Maybe we have too many people with high security clearances who have information they have no right to have. I don't know that. I'm not inside the government to know that. I want you to tell me in the next segment, because I'm going to take your calls, whether or not you think I've got it right, or if there is another way to deter the leakers, what is it? 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400, text line 23680. Debs is joining us right now, and if you are just tuning in to us on Good Morning Orlando, we now have ISIS claiming responsibility for twin terrorist attacks in Tehran, the capital city of Iran. And then you had an update on the investigation in the wake of the London terrorist attacks over the weekend, Deb, just for folks who are brand new to the broadcast this morning. Yeah, and that is the fact that British police report finding a body in the River Thames, uh, likely the eighth victim from the London Bridge attack from Saturday night when the three attackers, again, uh, with ISIS, had driven a van directly into pedestrians. Several pedestrians had jumped over the bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, one witness had said they had seen at least one person jump over the bridge. This is likely one of those victims from that attack. Number eight, they Number believe. eight. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, elsewhere in the news this morning, Deb? Well, back here closer to home, top intelligence officials will testify today in a Senate hearing on surveillance authority. Lawmakers are expected to grill officials about the investigation of Russian meddling in the presidential election. The hearing will include the director of national intelligence, Dan Coats, A recent report said Coates told his associates that President Trump asked him to press former FBI Director James Comey to back off his probe of Michael Flynn. Coates' office says he's never felt pressure to influence an investigation. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A series of memorial blood drives is being launched today, just ahead of the one-year mark from the Pulse nightclub shootings. Pat Michaels is with One Blood. We're looking at this as a remembrance of what happened a year ago and how the community came together and how the community can always come together to help. He says lives were saved by those who came to donate on the day of the tragedy, but the real unsung heroes, bud, 
were the ones who had donated in the days before. Because as you know, if you've ever given blood, it has to be processed and separated. You know, they can't can't just simply take it from you and give it to a victim. Yeah, we in need most cases. more and more people to keep the pipeline yes. full for times like this when we have the big drawdown. Yes, exactly. And yeah. the summer months are traditionally the slowest months for area yeah. blood banks. And keep in mind, too, we're uh, the site of a level one trauma hospital. Yeah. So there's a lot of blood needed here a long time. Yes. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration on Tuesday warned of a new side effect of the nation's opioid crisis affecting police and first responders, accidental overdoses. Hmm. The law enforcement officers and paramedics are increasingly coming in contact with synthetic opioids such as fentanyl, which is at least 50 times more powerful than morphine. That can be dangerous and deadly. Just a few grains of it prompting the DEA, uh, prompting the DEA warning and updated guidance nationwide. Now, just last month, an Ohio police officer accidentally overdosed on fentanyl after accidentally getting the deadly drug on his uniform during a traffic stop. It's incredible to think. And here in Florida... Three police canines were rushed to animal hospitals in South Florida after they, too, had overdosed. Man, we are just in this country awash in these powerful drugs, really unlike anything we've ever seen, and more pervasive across the population than we've ever seen. And more deadly, they believe. They say 60,000 people, 60,000 people died of opioid overdoses last year. Now, hopefully there'll be a solution to this scourge. Researchers in San Diego say a vaccine they developed takes the high out of heroin. La Jolla's Scripps Research Institute, of course, which we have a Scripps right here in Medical Center down Lake Nona area, has announced that it's the first opioid-targeted vaccine to pass the preclinical testing stage. The vaccine works by exposing the immune system to a part of the heroin molecule structure that teaches the immune system to produce antibodies that neutralize heroin and blocks it from causing a feeling of euphoria. It's hoped that if it checks out in human trials, the vaccine will keep recovering addicts from relapsing into drug use. You can get these stories and more at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. And might I say, if you don't support Trump's wall to keep out illegal immigrants, you ought to support it to keep drugs out of this country. It would go a long way. Let's bring in Gina Cervetti with the Daily Bloomberg Business Report as she joins us live from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Good morning to you, Gina. Good morning, bud. So investors, a little bit cautious. What's your analysis on the markets? Yeah, the stock futures are just a little bit higher here this morning, but investors are remaining cautious ahead of some events tomorrow, all happening on Thursday. The U.K. election, former FBI Director James Comey's testimony before Congress, and a European Central Bank policy meeting. And, of course, investors are also tracking uh, the events in the Middle East. So yesterday on Wall Street, though, we actually had retailers leading the losses. A modestly lower close. The Dow is down 48 points to 21,136. The S&P lost seven points and closed at 24.29. The Nasdaq fell 21 to 62.75. The catalyst for the retailers was Macy's warning about its profit margins. And Uber, the ride service, the online ride service, always seems to be making news. Now they're handing out pink slips big time. What's going on with Uber? Well, Uber says it's fired more than 20 people after a company investigation into harassment claims. It says it took no action in 100 instances. It's still probing 57 others. Meanwhile, 31 employees are in counseling or training, and seven received written warnings from the company, according to Uber. Now, a separate probe commissioned by Uber that's being led by former U.S. Attorney General 
General Eric Holder has given its own recommendations to a subcommittee of Uber's board of directors. You know, we were talking about Obamacare this morning earlier, and uh, the last insurer for a lot of counties in Ohio uh, is pulling out there. Premiums are going up, and Americans are worried about their health care costs. Right, uh, Gina? Yeah, Bankrate did a survey and found that uh, many are indeed worried about the future of affordable health insurance. The survey finds that more than half concerned about the cost of health care and the largest group to say it's worried about this. Generation X, those aged between 37 and 52. That was followed by the boomers, the millennials, and then the youngest adults. In the past year, a quarter of American families say they've declined to seek medical care in order to save money. Well, let's close it out then with some positive news. And you've got it at Bloomberg this morning. Some good mm -hmm. signs about what's going on in corporate America right now. U.S. companies began the year with the biggest quarterly sales gain in almost six years. And now they may be ready to loosen their purse strings after years of hoarding their cash. Intel is one boosting capital spending. UPS, which is a bellwether for the economy, plans to raise cash outlays by a third. And United Technologies is investing in new products. With rising sales providing more incentive to invest, companies are ramping up their outlays on equipment instead of relying largely on cost cuts, acquisitions, and share buybacks to boost their profits. Okay, always interesting and important stuff. You bring us Gina Cervetti with the Daily Bloomberg Business Report from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. Have a great day. We'll catch you tomorrow morning, Gina. But thank you. You too. You bet. All right, we've been talking about this little weasel um, reality winner, you know, the gal with the name like a derby horse, <laughs> who is um, she's facing some very serious charges for leaking classified information to a media outlet. The maximum penalty is 10 years in prison. I think you've got to start hitting these leakers with the maximum penalties or you're never going to deter this behavior. How would you handle reality winner at this point and the other leakers who are there and sure to come? What's your take on it? How would you deal with this if you had the call? 407-916-5400, text line 23680. We'll have that, and we will update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic as well for you in just two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So we have this 25-year-old reality winner, a contractor with Pluribus International Corporation out of Georgia, now charged by the Justice Department for leaking classified information to an online media outlet um, this information, according to what we know, um, has to do with a National Security Agency report on Russian hacking efforts during the 2016 presidential election. Uh, I mean, she's she's a, a anti-Trumper, resist Trump movement, the whole thing. Left-wing whack job, loves Bernie Sanders, environmental nut job, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. The maximum penalty for what she has done is 10 years in prison. If we do not hit the leakers with the maximum penalty allowed by law, and I would recommend increasing the penalty from what it is, you are not going to deter this behavior. There are people working in government with access to highly classified information through security clearances maybe they should have and maybe they shouldn't who don't love this country and absolutely hate this president. And we cannot have our national security 
undermined with classified information being leaked to the media. You can't stop this behavior. You can't deter it unless you make examples of these people. Reality winner needs to be labeled a loser. And she needs to be in prison for 10 years when all of this shakes out. Am I too tough? You tell me. Is there another way with these leakers? Elliot in Orlando, good morning to you. You're on with the Bud Man. Good morning, Hello. Elliot. Hi. Hi, Bud. Good morning. Yeah. Okay. It, it, this should be based on what is leaked, okay, by the incident. There is no jail sentence for somebody who puts our country in danger and compromises national security. That person should be put down death penalty wow. for whoever compromises All the right. national security. But in this case, she is a winner for me. Uh, she, she, she deserves a medal because she said something that many people deny, and she confirmed that it was a hacking. And the media, oh, fake news, there was no hacking. This never happened. Well, she just proved it did happen. So she should receive a medal, and nothing should be done to her. What she's leaking is not a national security. Yeah, I, listen, thank you. And I, listen, I understand where you're coming from, Elliot, but you cannot adjudicate cases on that basis. Say, well, well, yeah, it's against the law to leak this classified information, but it actually somehow did a public service. The law is the law. You can't be doing this. You can't. Who's going to be the judge and jury over what's good? There are some people who think that, that she is a hero for doing this. There are other people who say she's undermining national security and trying to undercut this president. But the law is the law. And you got to stop the leaks, and the only way to do it, no matter what kind of leaks they are, this kind of classified information involving national security in many cases, is you got to hit them with a maximum penalty. You simply have to do it. Now, here's a man who may, who may have it even more right than the Bud Man. Go ahead, uh, Joe, you're on here, and good morning, and welcome to Good Morning Orlando. Hey, good morning. Uh, yeah, I think officially if you leak classified information while we're in a war, it's considered treason, so the death penalty would be on the table. That would work for me, Joe. That would work for me. We are at war. The fact of the matter is it's another one of our undeclared wars, in this case against radical Islamic terrorism. But as far as I'm concerned, yeah, I would count it as treason. I thought that was a little bit much of a bridge too far to go here this morning. So you got there ahead of me. Well, yeah, uh, because of jury nullification, all you would need is one liberal, um, no matter what the charge is, and she could get off even if they prove that she's guilty. Well, that's an interesting thought, too. All right. Got another caller says, agree with the Bud Man, needs to be in jail. What are they saying on the text line, Yaffe? Getting a lot of people, Bud, that agree with you that they need to prosecute her. And honestly, I'm getting some that are saying they need to prosecute or at least find the media outlets putting out this stuff. Yeah, I think also perhaps there ought to be some liability there. Then you get into massive First Amendment issues, of course. Yeah, I don't think that would ever happen. I understand where they're coming from, but you're exactly right. It would be very difficult to do, I think. Radical Islamic terrorists, kill them all. Well, I've said that for this microphone for years. Now a congressman's saying it as well. That's coming up next. That's so much going on right now. I... I, I can't dig out from underneath all of this information to find the topic I want to talk with you about right now. I had copious notes on this because I thought it was really compelling stuff. Um, (laughs) Where is it, Yaffe? 
I'm in trouble here. Do you need me to send in Bryce the Bud in man, there? The, and the Bud Man is on the ropes here. Now, hang on see. a minute. Hang on a minute. Anyway, there, there is, the, there is this little, I know the story. There is this. Where is this? I'm not going to be able to help him. <laughs> you, yeah, Bryce, you come in yeah. here and just hide something on the Bud Man here? I can't you, find this you, stuff. You tell me it's organized chaos is what I, you always now, right call now, it. Right now, it's just chaos. This yeah, is, this is it's not supposed good. This is not good. It's supposed to be organized. Anyway, there is a Louisiana um, congressman who's taken a lot of flack. He went bonkers on his Facebook page just um, over the weekend. And um, and he's talking very, very directly. The guy's a former sheriff. They call him the Cajun John Wayne. And, and, he's, and he says of radical Islamic terrorists, there's only one solution to this problem, and that is to kill them. Every single last one of them. Would you Would you like me to read um, the, some of the things he has yes, said? Yes, I would. You just okay. pulled it up online. You're trying to pull a Budman's cookies out of the fire. <laughs> where yes. has uh, this Where has this story gone? <laughs> I'm trying to. I, I don't know. I blame somehow. I blame um, blame the call screener. Yes, I blame Bryce. He's yes. the rookie. We got to blame the rookie. <laughs> you and I got too much seniority. We can't take the blame uh, for anything. All right. This is what he said. What? The free world, all of Christendom, is at war with Islamic horror. That's the guy. Not one penny of American treasure should be granted to any nation who harbors these heathen animals. I love that word, heathen, by the way. Not a single radicalized Islamic suspect should be granted any measure of quarter. Their intended entry to the American homeland should be summarily denied. Every conceivable measure should be engaged to hunt them down hunt them, identify them, and kill them. Kill them all. For the sake of all that is good and righteous, kill them all. Works for me from one end of this thing to the other. In my perfect world, that is exactly what we do. For years, I've made the case in this microphone with the fire ants analogy. All right? It may sound a little absurd here to compare insects to human terrorists. But the fact of the matter is, if you live in Central Florida, how do you deal with fire ants? You have to kill them. There's no way to change their behavior. They're what they are. They bite ferociously. They breed prolifically. You kill the fire ants. And then you stay vigilant because they will return. And then you kill the new fire ants. That's how you keep from being overrun by fire ants in Florida. That's exactly the approach needed with radical Islamic terrorists. And and the congressman, the Cajun John Wayne out of Louisiana, is right. He's taking a lot of heat for this, but he throws political correctness to the wind, which is exactly what needs to happen regarding the war on terror and so much else, Yaffe, and I love this guy. Yeah, it's hard to be upset at someone who's just saying we need to kill all the terrorists. So yeah. people are, don't think we should kill the terrorists? Is that is that what they're saying? Well, you know, we need to try to understand why they have these feelings of hostility toward us, Mr. Yaffe uh, and Mr. Hedinger. You don't understand, you know, we've been fighting wars on their land and they don't like it. And maybe we need to understand them and listen a little more. Yeah, because they're doing such a great job of listening to us. Anyway, all right. Thanks for pulling my cookies out of the fire.
Deb, I can't believe it. I lost my notes on an entire segment here. I couldn't find it. It's, you know, I always claim this is organized chaos. I know where everything is. You see, it's all over the field. I have a debris field here. (laughs) But anyway, Yaffe pulled it up online and we still were able to do it. I think I'm ready to go with hour number two. We're going to find out in a moment. I'm going to take a break and we're going to bring you on with the news updated here. Good morning, Orlando. We are glad you're with us here at the top of the 7 o'clock hour as we bring you the very latest update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning some U.S. Intel chiefs appear before the Senate today, and Florida Supreme Court takes up Scott versus Ayala. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Where are you on Trump's tweets? Should he keep it up or cut it out? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. Happy Hump Day. It's 7.04 on News Radio 102.5. Top intelligence officials will testify today before the Senate Intelligence Committee. In the meantime, a new report says former FBI Director James Comey didn't want to be left alone with President Trump. The New York Times says Comey asked Attorney General Jeff Sessions to not allow Trump to be alone with him. The request came after a private meeting in which the president reportedly asked Comey to end a probe into former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. Comey will likely be asked about his interactions with the president when he testifies before the Senate tomorrow. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. It's interesting, Deb, there are reports. ABC News was first to run with it that Comey, though, will stop short of saying that the president was attempting to obstruct justice, which is an absolute key point. People are waiting to hear what he has to say. Yeah, all eyes are definitely going to be on that hearing tomorrow. And uh, in fact, some D.C. bars will be opening early tomorrow. So (laughs) resistors, I guess, as they're called, can watch James Comey's testimony. Rob Heim with Shaw's Tavern says they'll be open for the hearing and explains one of the items that'll be on the menu. The FBI sandwich, which we actually named before we knew it was going to go into it. Some of the other establishments that have already pledged to open early are Duffy's Irish Pub and The Partisan. Despite the early opening, drinks will be served with Shaw's offering Russian vodka. They're going bonkers in the Beltway, aren't they? (laughs) They're always bonkers in the Beltway. Back here in the Sunshine State, an epic legal battle will take place later this month when the Florida Supreme Court hears a lawsuit against the governor by the state attorney from Orlando. Aramis Ayala is suing because Governor Rick Scott began transferring capital cases out of her district when she decided not to pursue the death penalty. I asked her if she would recuse herself. She said no, so I moved that case to Bright King. I'm going to continue to look at cases. I moved other cases there uh, because I'm going to think about the victim and I'm going to think about the victim's family. Ayala claims the governor doesn't have this sort of authority. She's asking the court to throw out two dozen executive orders signed by Scott and return those capital cases to her office. Oral arguments are set for June 28th, and this may seem like it's a local or Florida story, but believe me when I tell you this is a national story because this could be used uh, as case law in future cases with prosecutors across the country Um having the the say whether or not they're going to, which laws they're going to follow. Oh, it could wind up being a landmark case. There is no question about it. And, uh, you know, we've expressed our opinion here for this microphone on Ayala, 
and all of this, and we will continue to follow the progress of this, as you say, most important story. Yeah, well, here's another one. Orange County Sheriff is asking for more money to hire more deputies. Jerry Demings made his request yesterday to the Orange County Commission. He's asking for an extra $18 million to fill 55 new positions and give deputies raises. He says the extra staff is needed to meet growth that he says is on fire. And deputies in Volusia County say they have a way to stop what they call a mass exodus. The president of the deputies union told county officials yesterday higher pay would allow the sheriff's department to keep more officers. Resignations and retirements have left the department about 50 deputies short. The union didn't offer any specifics on how much of a raise it wants, but the sheriff's office says starting pay is less than $37,000. And finally, I consider this a heartbreaking story. An elderly man accused of robbing a bank allegedly says he did it so he could eat. Newport Ritchie police yesterday arrested 79-year-old Vincent Elanelia for robbing the Suncoast Credit Union in Holiday. A Pasco County deputy says Ionelia took a cab to the credit union, handed a note to a teller, and calmly chatted with employees while they complied with his orders. A deputy says he said he did it to pay his motel bill and to buy food because he hadn't eaten in two days. Well, it is a sad story, but there are places you can go, no, you know, and get a bed for the night and a square meal, you know, any yeah, rescue union or wherever it happens to be. He's going to the other place where you can get three hots and a cot. It's well, called that, jail. Yes, you're right on yeah. that score. WFLA News Time 708. Read about Chief Wahoo, a Chief Wahoo lawsuit. Moving forward, mm. yeah, at 1025WFLA.com, baseball fans of a specific team will know who Chief oh, Wahoo yeah, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Well, you get those details, you know where, 1025WFLA.com, but wait for just a minute because the second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Question of the hour to you. All kinds of controversy boiling up constantly over Trump's proclivity for hitting his Twitter account. The Trump tweets. He says this is his unfiltered direct access to the American people so the media, most of whom don't like him, can't spin what he says. Trump's tweets. Should he keep it up? Or should he cut it out? Because there are those who believe, even within his team, that they cause more problems for him and the administration's agenda than they are worth. My take and yours on Trump tweets. Should he keep it up or cut it out? Let's talk. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680. We'll get into this and have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic updated, of course, in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I really do love the Trump tweets because he does make an end run around the largely anti-Trump media, the ATM machine, the anti-Trump media machine that I talk about all the time here that then wants to take what it is the president says and put their own spin on it most of the time to undermine him and make him look bad. So this is an unfiltered access the president of the United States to the people who elected him, you know, and those who didn't, who voted against him, everybody. Okay, having said that, I would love to be Trump's Twitter coach. Here is what I would do. I would say, keep it up, don't cut it out. You're getting a lot of pressure even within your own uh, White House team to cut down on the tweets or just cut them out. 
Don't do it, Mr. President. All right. This is this is you. This is your connection to the American people. Served you well during the campaign. Most of the time it serves you well as president of the United States. Not all the time. And here is what I would recommend you do, sir. First of all, adopt a policy that has kept the Bud Man on doing live television and radio for well over 40 years. This is my policy. When I'm thinking I got something really cool and edgy to say, I run it through this filter. I say, Bud Man, when in doubt, leave it out. I would tell the president that as his Twitter coach. Okay? And then I would say this. Type it out. Type out the tweet. But do do never instantaneously hit the send button. Walk away from it. And come back. Tweak the tweet if you need to. Delete it, think about it, then send it. Even if it's only 10 or 15 minutes, you can get a fresh perspective. My policy on making major decisions, and these tweets, because they, you know, their official statements, Sean Spicer said yesterday from the President of the United States, these are important with enormous ramifications. When I have a major decision, like a big purchase or something. My policy has always been, and my wife Linda backs me on this, sleep on it one night. Now, I'm not suggesting he wait 24 hours to tweet, but a version of that, you know, a a pause, a timeout, if you will. Oftentimes, I want to do something. I'm impulsive about it. I want to buy that car. I want to buy that big piece of furniture. You know, I want to sign off on that house or whatever or that loan. I will tell anyone I'm working with, sorry, it's my policy. I'm going to sleep on it one night. And if they won't let me do that, then I don't want to do business with them. And sometimes I wake up with a fresh perspective. Sometimes I am reinforced in what I want to do when I go ahead, and it serves me well. When in doubt, leave it out and call a little time out before you hit the send button. If I am the Twitter coach of President Donald Trump, that is what I would tell him. Short of that, keep it up, Mr. President. I believe it serves you well, and it is your unfiltered access to the American people. And an end run around the ATM machine, known on the 50,000-watt front porch as the anti-Trump media machine. That's where I am on the Trump tweets. How about you? 407-916-5400, text line 236 Eight zero. I got to get um, the rest of the gang in on this Yaffe and Bryce and see what they think as well. But I want to hear from the best audience in talk radio as we roll on through hour number two on the uh, 50,000 watt front porch. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. So Yaffe on the question of Trump's tweets. Very controversial, all kinds of uh, hue and cry one way or the other. I say he needs to keep it up, not cut it out. But he, you know, I'm, I'm, if I were his coach, I, I explained how I would, um, I, I would encourage him to think before he hits the send button just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you're basically saying think before you speak yeah. or think before you type something. I think that's good policy in general for a lot of people, but especially for the president of the United States. The problem isn't Twitter. Twitter is just a tool. It's just sure. a means of communication. The problem is he's got to think about it, and he's got to make sure his staff and his communication team 
is on board with them because a yeah. lot of times they'll say something and then he'll tweet something contradicting him. Yeah. And if you get rid of his Twitter, he'll just say it in an interview or something. So it's it's beyond just you know saying cut out Twitter. So I agree with you. You buy the idea though that it is it gives him unfiltered access to the American people. He's not going to get a fair shake from the media. Oh, we yeah. all know that. What about it, Bryce? Yeah, I mean, I I wonder if FDR wrote down his speeches before he got on the radio and started talking. I mean, this is the same thing I feel about Trump. This radio is just a new source of communication to the public, but does he write it down before he tweets? I don't know that. That's an interesting question. I would assume not. I, I know FDR did because they're you know they're actually manuscripts and yeah. written. You know, and like, does he just show up at the radio station and start talking, or does he you know plan it out a little bit? Yeah, interesting. Let's go to Dave and Oviedo on the Trump tweets. What's your take on it, Dave? Well, uh, initially, thanks for having me. By the way, initially, yep. um, I, I was, I wanted him to stop. From I just, just stop. But as time has gone on, I realized it is a necessary part of his administration, and I expected at some point the liberal leftist media would would probably concede and move toward a more fair reporting. I don't. I, I'm naive, I guess, in that respect. Respect. But now I feel like he has to do it. But I agree with you. I think he needs to refine, refine the way he does it. Yeah, he just he just, he just needs a little bit of a buffer, you know, and uh, run it through the filter of when in doubt, leave it out. Type it out. Don't hit the send button. Walk away. Come back and see if you still want to send it. Thank you, Dave, very much. You know, I'm watching um, Fox yesterday afternoon, and Shepard Smith is on, and he goes on one of his tirades. He can get so self-righteous and so annoying, and he doesn't like Trump. It's very clear, even though he's got a show on Fox at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and does a lot of good work for him. He's their breaking news guy, and he's very good at it. He used to work here in Central Florida at Channel 6. But at any rate, um, you know, he was saying, you know, Trump claims that, that the media wants him to stop with the, the tweet, he says, no, we don't. That is absolutely a lie. That is not. Well, wait a minute. They do want him to stop because they don't want him to have the unfiltered access to the American people. They, and some at Fox included, want to put their spin on the words of the president. And he is denying them that, and they hate it. Yeah, and I'm getting some texters that are saying basically the same thing. You know, that this is one person said, Trump, keep tweeting. The best habit ever. We, the people, hear the truth this way so that goes in line with what you're saying a lot of people agree with you bud that maybe he should just think before he tweets a little bit but i do have some people that say um no you should stop it that it's hurting him yeah well there are many who who do believe that but i i think i think that the trump that, that the trump tweets could be even more effective with those two points that i offered him if I were his Twitter coach, when in doubt, leave it out. Don't go too far over the edge when you don't have to to make your point. And type it out, sure, then walk away and come back. It's like I sleep on big decisions before I make them. And every tweet by the President of the United States is a big decision because of the enormous ramifications it has. Good stuff. Thank you. All right, now listen. The Bud Man and the Devmeister with Yaffe at the controls and Bryce screening. It's the Wednesday edition of Good Morning Orlando. Welcome to the 50,000 Watt Front Porch. If you're just joining us, 
You're in time for Deb's news update, the first of a couple of very big days on Capitol Hill, Deb. Yeah, definitely. This is kind of like the pregame before, or kind of like a doubleheader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where today some of the nation's top intelligence chiefs will testify in a Senate hearing on surveillance authority today. They're also expected, of course, to be pressed about the investigation of Russian meddling in the presidential election. The hearing of the Senate Intelligence Committee will include NSA Chief Mike Rogers, Acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein and Dan Coates, the Director of National Intelligence. And of course, this hearing happens one day before the same committee hears from former FBI Director James Comey. All eyes will be on D.C. Right. There are reports out of ABC News principally that uh, Comey will stop short of saying President Trump in their one-on-one conversations uh, tried to influence him and obstruct justice. So we'll see how all that plays out. But as you say, this is the first game of the big doubleheader today. Yeah, and uh, of course, we've got Florida Senator Marco Rubio, who serves on the Senate Intelligence yeah. Committee. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, questions, if any, he puts forward. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Bud, mm-hmm. I've got a job for you. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, am I in trouble here? No. Am I going to be looking for work anytime no, soon? No, no. Oh, no, it's an extra it's, job. It's an extra oh, job. okay. I'm it, not like a, in need of a job. Okay. No. You never know in this business, Yaffe. They can pull Man. a plug on you at any time. Don't make me scared <laughs> like that. They send Deborah Roberts to do it? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be. You know, when you come in the door and your key fob doesn't quite work fast enough, oh, you're yeah. like, oh, this isn't how I'm going to find out, is this it? This is it. Breaking <laughs> news from Deborah Roberts. <laughs> exactly. You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. We're just totally, totally lousing up the flow here. But Go because it's, it's a good, there's a chance for you to do some good. All right. For a group of Washington State roomies who are looking for a dad, bud, specifically a barbecue dad, in time for Father's Day. Oh, yeah. They posted an ad on Craigslist seeking a, quote, generic father figure to attend their big Father's Day weekend barbecue. The ad on the Spokane area Craigslist page says male roommates from 21 to 26 are seeking someone to attend their get-together June 17th. Barbecue Dad's duties would include grilling burgers and hot dogs while drinking beer and talking about things like lawnmowers, building your own deck, and Jimmy Buffett. Those are required. Yeah. All while drinking beer? All while drinking beer. (laughs) The group says some replies have come in. Now, I heard that they've now rescinded this offer to a generic father figure and have put it out specifically to Bill Murray. But just in case Bill Murray has other plans on Father's Day. Why Bill Murray? I Because they just think they of like him. They like Bill Murray. They like Bill Murray. They just think he would be the perfect <laughs> generic dad. Back here in the Sunshine State, a 1963 wedding album was found at a Florida home by an Arizona couple. The couple hopes to find the rightful owners of the album. It was tucked into an alligator purse, hung up high on a nail in the attic. They were renovating the home when they found the more than 50-year-old wedding album belonging to a New York couple just fell out of the ceiling right into their arms. Oh, my goodness. Megan Capsidis of Sierra Vista, Arizona, discovered the album while she and her husband, Bobby, were removing a part of the kitchen ceiling. And it's like she said, you know, think back. 1963, they didn't have digital photographs. So for this couple, this wedding album is the only pictures they have. Yeah, and they could still be around, you know? And they could, absolutely. You'd have to believe if they got married at the traditional age, they might now, say, be in their late 70s. So they still could be here, you know, and the... 
you know, Megan is trying to track them down because yeah. she wants to get this uh, wedding album back into their hands. The couple owns the home located in Holiday, which is in Pasco County, but Bobby's mother lives there. So, Well, we could have a great follow-up coming on that. Yeah, I hope we do. I do, too. And finally, Hump Day has arrived. Here are some things you might want to know about today. This is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day. Mm-hmm. Finally, something I can wholeheartedly celebrate <laughs> because it's also National Running Day which you may need to take part in after indulging in National Chocolate Ice Cream Day. I mean, I might run to the ice cream. That's my boy right there. <laughs> That's some brilliant thinking. Yeah. Because after the ice cream, let's be honest, you need a nap. This is true. Yeah. I mean, I need a nap anyway. I, I need a nap right now. No nodding off, Yavi. <laughs> Come on now. We're not, we got another hour and 20 minutes to go, man. Can you make it to 9 o'clock? Uh, I guess. Prices could no be your promises. big opportunity. Yeah. I'm waiting. <laughs> he is. <laughs> He's hovering over Yaffe like a buzzard, just waiting for those eyes to start drooping. Thanks, Deb. You're welcome. Once a day, every day, we kick back on the 50,000-watt front porch and offer up a great prize for the winner of our daily sound judgment game. The piece of sound you need to identify in a moment. And now, the prize. Bryce, what do we got? Digital HD copy of the Lego Batman movie. In the irrelevant spiritual fun that made the Lego movie a worldwide phenomenon, Lego Batman stars in his own adventure, the Lego Batman movie. Big changes are brewing in Gotham, and Bruce Wayne must not only deal with criminals of Gotham City, but also the responsibility of raising a boy he adopted. Will Arnett, Michael Cea, Zach Galifianakis star in the Lego Batman movie. Own it on Blu-ray 613 on Digital HD, available now. Yeah, this is really cool. These Lego movies are terrific, and uh, you're going to love it. A great, great family entertainment, okay? So here we go. Let's play the game. 407-916-5400. We got a full bank of callers, but that's the number to call if somebody gets a wrong answer. We open up the line for you at 407-916-5400. We get a lot of late-round winners. Let's go. A new movie is in the works on the Jerry Sandusky sex scandal that brought down the Penn State football program some years ago. A famous actor has just been signed to play the part of Penn State's legendary head football coach, Joe Paterno. Now, I want you to listen to a little sound from this actor in a prior role. Then use your sound judgment to name the star who will be playing Paterno. And if you think you're preparing these minnows for manhood, you better think again. Because I say you are killing the very spirit this institution proclaims it instills. What a sham. What kind of a show are you guys putting on here today? That actor's going to play former Penn State coach, the late Joe Paterno. Name the actor and you're our winner. Start on line three. Go ahead, line three. Pee-wee Herman? No, it's not Pee-wee Herman. Sounds a lot like Pee-wee Herman, don't you think, Yaffe? Pretty much a dead ringer? Probably not. Line two, who's that actor, line two? Okay, here we're going bonkers on the phone. 407-916-5400. I'm going to give you a chance, line one. Who's the actor? Oh, I can see him. He plays in any given Sunday. Oh. Yeah. Come on, you can do it. Somebody in the car, help him. Is there anybody in the car with you? No, there's not. Uh, I don't know. Shout out the window to maybe somebody driving. No, no, don't do that. All right, thank you. Sorry. You are on the right track. Line four, who's the actor? Uh, Bill Cosby? No, not Bill Cosby. We'll be talking about him next hour. Line three, who's the actor? Al Pacino. 
Oh, yeah, that's Al Pacino. Yep, the other guy's going crazy right now because he was right on the tip of his tongue. Congratulations, you're our Sound Judgment winner. Thank you. <laughs> What's your first name, please? Kelly. Kelly, spell it. K-E-L-L-Y. Okay, sometimes they sneak an E in before the Y, and I wanted to make sure I got it right. I'm going to write you a little note of congratulations, Kelly. You enjoy Good Morning Orlando? I love it. Thank you. Oh, We love having you on the 50,000-watt front porch. We're so glad you called and played, and we're glad you won. That was the voice of Al Pacino. How do you think he's going to do playing the uh, former Penn State head coach, Joe Paterno? I can see him doing a terrific job in that role. I think it's a great fit. Yeah, I think it absolutely is. And thank you, Kelly, for being with us. Don't go away. You and Bryce can have a nice conversation off air, and we're going to get that prize to you. Congratulations. Good morning, Orlando. We are glad you're with us here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour on a Wednesday as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning some U.S. Intel chiefs appear before the Senate today, and a Brevard County murder case goes before Florida Supreme Court. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Seismic air gun surveys what they are and why I think we need them right off Florida's. Atlantic Coast. It's a controversy. We're talking about it next on Good Morning Orlando. Happy Hump Day. It's 802 on News Radio 1025. Four of the nation's top intelligence officials will testify in what's sure to be a closely watched Senate hearing on surveillance authority today. The Senate Intelligence Committee will hear from NSA Chief Mike Rogers, Acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, and Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats. They're also expected to be pressed about the investigation of Russian meddling in the presidential election. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank. Florida's hometown bank. Efforts to hack into local election systems are being traced back to Russia. Election supervisors in Hillsborough and Pasco County say they received phishing emails days before last year's presidential election. However, they tell the Times-Herald that no one in their office opened the attachment that could have infected their systems. The Intercept.com reported this week that the NSA believes the emails came from hackers in the Russian military. Meanwhile, leaked documents from the NSA show a Tallahassee company was also hacked by the Russians as part of a plot to infiltrate local elections offices. VR Systems provides election software to most of the counties in Florida, but the local election supervisor in Leon County says their system also was not hacked. In other news, a man convicted of murdering a woman in Brevard County by burying her alive is appealing his death sentence. An attorney for Vatice Kirkman told the Florida Supreme Court another man was the real killer, but the nature of the crime appeared to weigh heavily on Justice Fred Lewis. I've only had two of these since I've been on the court, and that involves burying someone alive. The jury found that that was planned, and this guy killed somebody else. What does it take for the death penalty to apply in Florida? Well, what it takes under current law is a unanimous recommendation from the jury. The vote here was 10 to 2. The high court hasn't ruled yet, but the case is likely to be sent back to the trial court where a new jury will decide Kirkman's fate. In local news, Dave and Busters is being credited for making sure a boy had a happy birthday a day after a tragic loss. Jeff Roberts was killed Monday in the 
Fiamma shooting in Orlando a day before his grandson Alex's 11th birthday. After hearing what happened, st- uh, staff at Dave & Buster's in Orlando decided to throw a party for Alex yesterday. An expert says the party will help Alex avoid forever associating his birthday with his grandfather's death. In the meantime, the office shooting suspect appears to have had a history of workplace violence. Court documents filed three years ago show a co-worker at Fiamma accused John Newman Jr. of yelling at him and spitting in his face. Injunctions that were later dismissed, Carlos Rodriguez called Newman a danger to the community after he claimed Newman threatened his family. Newman's aunt, though, tells the Orlando Sentinel he was quiet and friendly, and she never saw anything like this coming. You know, excuse me, we talked about that earlier in the show, and this guy Rodriguez ultimately pulled his complaint, which was interesting because at one point he was quoted as saying in the complaint, what am I going to do? Is this guy got to kill me before, you know, we get some kind of action here? So there, I think there's a story yet to be told on exactly what went on with that incident in 2014 with this same guy, Newman, who, of course, was the gunman uh, at Fiamma on uh, on Monday. Yeah, definitely. And, and we'll, of course, continue to follow all of these stories as people come out with their experiences with the shooter. And finally, Ariana Grande is releasing the cover of Somewhere Over the Rainbow from her One Love Manchester concert. All proceeds from the sale of the single are going to the victims of the terror attack at Grande's concert at the Manchester Arena. Somewhere Over the Rainbow follows the pop star's re-release of One Last Time, proceeds of which will also aid the victims. Ariana Grande is resuming her Dangerous Woman tour today with concert dates in Australia after the Manchester terror attack. The tour will be Ariana's first in Australia. WFLA News Time 806. Read about Michael Moore launching the Trumpy Leaks website at 1025WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. From News Radio 1025, this is Good Morning Orlando. Thank you, Deb. Deborah Roberts with the news top and bottom of the hour whenever it breaks all morning long here in Good Morning Orlando. Yaffe is uh, screening, or he's producing the show is what he's doing, and, and Bryce is screening the calls in the control room. Very, very interesting. You know what's going on? President Trump does not miss a trick. He knew the news cycle today was going to be what it's been all week long, the media salivating over Comey's testimony tomorrow, the fired FBI director and what he's going to see, and could this take the president down, set the stage for impeachment, all of this kind of stuff. They're just going bonkers. So all of a sudden, the president today nominates the successor for James Comey, Christopher Ray, and grabs control of the news cycle. How about that? Most, most interesting. In a moment, something that I had to quickly get up to speed on, and I need to share it with you because I think it has enormous ramifications for the future of Florida. It has to do with President Trump and the Trump administration seeking permits to allow seismic air gun surveys off Florida's coast. This has to do with oil drilling, but it is not drilling. I'm a drill baby guy, drill baby drill guy, rather, and we'll talk about this controversy. Environmentalists don't like this at all. Seismic air gun surveys. If you don't understand what they are, I'll try to explain it to you as I understand it, and then we will talk about whether or not it should be allowed here off Florida's 
um, pristine Atlantic coast. So we'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Headline from NPR, Trump administration seeking permits for seismic air gun surveys in the Atlantic. Okay? You know, I mean, usually I think I'm pretty well attuned to what's going on out there. I didn't know anything about this, and I got a really, really quick education doing a lot of reading during show prep last night. And, um, and I think this is something we need to talk about, because what we are talking about is a way of mapping the ocean floor to determine where the oil resources are and how much might be recoverable, okay? Now, offshore drilling is always controversial, particularly since Deepwater Horizon. We totally understand that, okay? And they still don't fully have what are supposed to be the new safety regulations post-Deepwater Horizon fiasco in place. I would want, before we did any offshore drilling in Florida, to have those safety regulations fully in place. These things have been languishing in the Senate. There's been politics involved, et cetera. That needs to get done. That said, when that gets done, to my satisfaction, I will, of course, be, again, a full-out drill baby drill guy. I want full energy independence in no small part, so we can kiss the godforsaken Middle East goodbye other than protecting Israel from its enemies and get out of there, okay? And it's all about the oil over there when you come down to it. But at any rate, there is a controversy over this because the Trump administration wants to allow five energy companies, yeah, this is evil big oil, Um, to use seismic air guns for oil and gas exploration off the Atlantic coast from the Delaware Bay all the way down the eastern seaboard to just off Port Canaveral here in central Florida. And, And it's interesting the way this works. And this is done all around the world, okay? The environmentalists are going nuts, but this has been done around the world. There are something on the neighborhood of 100 of these ships that troll along and they fire these um, high impulses of compressed air at the ocean floor, and they can map the, the, the echoes they get from down there and determine where the oil is underneath the sand on the bottom. It's technology that's used all around the world. The problem is These impulses that go on continuously for hour after hour, day after day, are audible, the environmentalists say, for like hundreds of miles. And they claim they drive the marine life nuts. Okay? It's kind of like if you're a, you know, if you're a killer whale just, you know, cruising out there with your pod, it's kind of the annoyance that you get when some idiot pulls up alongside you with the bass blaring you know, at the at the at the traffic light, at the red light, just going boom, 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 and you want to reach over and strangle him, right? But you're worried that you won't win that fight, so you just kind of hang in there until he takes off. Okay, so I guess this is what it's annoying for the fish life, and they claim sometimes that they go crazy and they don't know where they're going, and uh, some of them die, etc. But the ocean is a noisy place anyway, with all the shipping everywhere. We're not going to shut that down. The fish seem to handle that. All the oil rigs out there make a lot of noise, too. The fish seem to be able to adjust to that. But the environmentalists want to shut this down. They don't want the seismic air gun surveys done 
and mostly it's because they're afraid it's going to lead to oil drilling off the coast. I think this is proven technology around the world. The oil companies have a history of working with the environmentalists. If they say, if they say hey, listen, we've identified there's a lot of really, really um, uh, important species that are in this area. Let's wait until they swim away, and then we'll do it again. That, that they will work with them, okay? So this needs to be done, in my opinion, and we need to become energy independent. And if this is a step in that direction, as I believe it is, then I fully support it. So I got a little education, and I've shared with you some of what I know about seismic air gun surveys to be done in the Atlantic. Would you support this off the coast of central Florida on the Atlantic side? 407-916-5400 is my number. The text line, 23680. So these um, seismic air gun surveys to find out where the oil might be underneath the surface, they are not drilling per se, but they can be a run-up to it, uh, are conducted by trawling ships uh, with a whole bunch of air guns behind them, and the air guns explode toward the ocean floor every 10 to 15 seconds, and the noise permeates the seafloor, signal reflects back, deciphered to portray uh, what might be below the surface in terms of recoverable oil. Uh, uh, this is audible for a distance of hundreds, maybe thousands of miles. Environmentalists say makes the fish crazy. Some of them die. Although this kind of technology seems to have been going on without serious incident worldwide now for quite some time. I'd like to see it off Florida's coast all the way up the eastern seaboard. I want full energy independence. I am a drill baby drill guy. Yaffe? Yeah, I agree with you. It's kind of interesting. I, I, I think you made a really good point that what they're really against is drilling for more oil. Oh, yeah. That's not what they want. But the fact of the matter is we need oil right now. And the only way to keep oil prices down is to increase the supply in our country. And we have so much oil resources not being tapped, we might as well use it to our resources. But but it's bigger than that. It's bigger than the price at the pump. That's a great part of it. But we need to be able to break away completely from the Middle East. We just do. I mean, it, it's just, I mean, the... It's a place where all you do is, 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 is spend blood and treasure. You know, and aside from backing up Israel to the hilt, we need to get out of there ultimately. And it basically is about the oil, and we need to get out of there and be fully independent. You need to get realistic, folks, about this. It's going to be a long time between solar, b- before solar panels and the windmills power this country. Bryce, what about it? Well, if you go and ask Germany that, they won't agree with you. I mean— they just smashed the energy records, and 85% of their elect- electricity comes from renewable, so- renewable sources. Where, I mean, in Germany? Is that what they're claiming now? Yeah, in Germany. I mean, if we're going to be sending seismic pulses into our uh, Earth, might as well do it for our uh, wind turbines instead of our drilling. We have plenty of drills. Not even that, but who else has oil? Russia, Venezuela, the Middle East. Why don't we just go to renewables so we don't have to worry about any of them? Okay, there we go. I just yeah. got started. Well, I, I, I thought you were worried about Are you one of these fish huggers or something? Are you... oh, I, I've, I've never <laughs> hugged a fish. But... It's kind of slimy. It's like tree huggers on, you know, an ocean-going tree hugger. Is that what's going on here, too? I, I care about all animals, all people, and everything Aww. on Earth. But, but no, I don't, I don't think the seismic's going to bother the fish that much. I mean, if we do it for like 10 years, yeah. But, I, I mean, just do it for a month? Nah, it's not going to bother. We may set off nukes in the ocean. We're, we're pretty okay. All right. Okay. I just don't know what I'm dealing with here over there in the screening chair. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, we got to keep rolling here because I got a live report on the Cosby trial. The gal who's accusing Cosby of sexual assault 
gave some explosive testimony. We're going to have a live report from our man on the scene at the Cosby trial in the next half hour. So it's all ahead here on the 50,000-watt front porch. All right, Tim, we are ready to go with the very latest news. I know a lot of folks are tuning in along the way here. Maybe their first crack at getting up to date. So let's go. Well, we got uh, senators. We're going to be hearing from four of the nation's top intelligence officials today. In the meantime, the other breaking story is that President Trump is nominating Christopher Wray as the new director of the FBI. Ray is a former U.S. Assistant Attorney General who represented New Jersey Governor Chris Christie during the so-called Bridgegate scandal. Trump made the announcement this morning on Twitter, of course, calling Ray, quote, a man of impeccable credentials, end quote. If confirmed by the Senate, he would replace James Comey, who Trump fired last month. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Ah, back in the Sunshine State, this is, I, I believe, the ultimate Florida story. I think I know what's coming. A Tampa area mother says she had no problem allowing a snake to bite her infant daughter. I cannot even imagine how she could rationalize that. Cannot wait for the rest of this story. Well, the mother even posted video to Facebook, which she has since taken down, showing her one-year-old daughter being bitten by the red rat snake. The woman says she doesn't regret putting her child face-to-face with the non-poisonous reptile. The oh, mother geez. says she found the snake in the driveway and thought it would be a good opportunity to introduce her daughter without actually getting hurt. But the snake didn't see it that way. No. Well, the baby didn't see it that way. If you see the video, it's disturbing. You know, the snake lunges out, and you can see it striking her little and fingers. And the mom thought this was okay, that the snake wasn't going to do what snakes do, or yeah, what? Yeah, well, she said, you know, the snake bit me and my son several times without, you know, us getting hurt. So this would be a good opportunity to introduce her to wildlife. That's child abuse. That's child abuse of the first magnitude, isn't it? Which is interesting because when this story first broke yesterday, it wasn't. There were no charges filed. But now Highlands County Sheriff's Office is investigating, and she is indeed facing a child abuse charge. She ought to. That's outrageous. Isn't that? Why does that kind of stuff, like, never happen in Nebraska? (laughs) Actually, I do have a story uh, kind of like that of uh, an Arkansas mother who, um, I'm trying to remember the details here off the top of my head, she grabbed some needle-nose pliers uh, and took her 7-year-old son into a bathroom to pull two of his teeth. Oh, man. Oh, boy. It's amazing we need a license to drive. It's incredible. Isn't it? But you know what? I had great parents. You know how they got rid of a loose tooth with me? I'm not kidding. And this is the way it used to be done. They tied a string around the tooth, okay? And then around the doorknob? Around the doorknob and slammed the door. Well, now they do it with a drone. Remember we had video? Yeah, we talked about that during one of the Deb segments, a father who pulled his son's tooth using a drone. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's the new modern parental take. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I still in- think I still think the whole snake thing is in a different league. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And finally, a subway delay isn't enough to dampen the spirit of one nursing student in New York, bud. That's what they say. Necessity is the mother of invention. Jarek Alantara missed his graduation last week because of a four-hour delay that left him deep under Queens while his classmates walked the stage at Hunter College. But Alcantara and his friend were quick to improvise. The nursing student thanked fellow subway passengers for watching him graduate, played a graduation song, and even created a makeshift diploma. <laughs> Held a graduation ceremony right there on that stuck subway train. I'll be doggone. Made lemons out of uh, lemonade out of lemons. And what did you say? Necessity, the mother? Of all invention. Amen to that. Good stuff, Deb Meister. Thank you, bud, man. The Deb segment of the newscast here. 
Nothing else like it on the radio or anywhere else on earth, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Deborah Roberts, news top of the bottom of the hour here on Good Morning Orlando and, of course, whenever it breaks. And we have had a ton of breaking news here this morning. We had explosive testimony yesterday at the sexual assault trial of Bill Cosby. His accuser took the witness stand. Our man, our news radio 1025 correspondent Bill Zimfer at the scene of the Cosby trial, joining me live in a moment, right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes for you on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Well, Bill Cosby, once America's dad, beloved comedian, now facing sexual assault trial charges. Yesterday, explosive testimony from the woman who has charged him with sexual assault, Andrea Constand. And on the job for us, covering the Cosby trial in Philadelphia, and joining us live, News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer. Good morning to you, Bill. Good morning, Bud. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting yesterday that we have already heard from the two accusers we will hear from in this trial against Bill Cosby, uh, both women uh, with similar stories about how he drugged and assaulted them. And the complainant, of course, Andrea Constant, on the stand yesterday. She'll be back today. Well, I don't know how in the world you give us a handle on what was going on based on what I have read and still keep us on the air. This stuff was uh, pretty nasty uh, and pretty graphic, wasn't it? Absolutely. Uh, It was graphic testimony. Both of the women who have testified thus far, Kelly Johnson on day one Monday and then Andrea Constant yesterday, really were brought to tears when they had to recount uh, the incidents that they allege Bill Cosby committed. Uh, So, yeah, it was graphic testimony, and it was testimony that I'm sure they wanted to keep close together uh, that's why Andrea Constant testified yesterday. If they would have separated these two witnesses too far apart, you lack some impact there on the jury. So they want to set a pattern here, an M.O. that Bill Cosby had, they allege, uh, with numerous women. But these are the only two we're going to hear from. Well, now, um, for folks who are just connecting to this and really not understanding what is alleged here, um, basically we have a scenario, and I think we can put this out in a a semi-G-rated way, of him drugging these women to the point where they could not resist or, or control their circumstances and just took full advantage of them sexually. That is it. Uh, You got it there, Bud. Uh, There have been dozens of women who have come forward with similar stories. Uh, The prosecution wanted to put 13 of them on the stand for this case. That was ruled to be too prejudicial by the judge. He allowed just one other woman other than uh, Andrea Constand to do that. But the stories are the same. Basically, they were given something, some type of pill, and became incapacitated and were taken advantage of. You're absolutely right. Now, on the other side of the ledger here, Cosby's claiming that anything that went on with these women was consensual, right? What about what about his legal representatives? How did they deal with this yesterday? They got to cross-examine Andrea Constand, right, Bill? 
Yeah, they did. Cross-examination started yesterday, and what they're centering on is statements that she made to authorities. She waited about a year after the incident to report this to authorities, and she did it in Canada, where she lived at the time. And statements she made to authorities then were that, number one, this was the first time she was alone with Bill Cosby. Under cross-examination, that was proven to be untrue. And number two, that she had very limited contact with Cosby after the incident, that's when phone records showed that she made 72 phone calls to Bill Cosby after the incident, sometimes talking uh, for up to 30 to 40 minutes. So what the defense is going to do in cross-examination here is poke holes in her story, mm-hmm. try to prove that she lacks credibility and, and character, and uh, just basically questioning her reliability as a witness. We're talking with our News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer, who is covering the uh, Bill Cosby trial, sexual assault trial in Philadelphia. Can you give us a sense of how the Constan testimony played uh, to the jury and, uh, and, and how um, Cosby reacted, if at all? Uh, Well, you might imagine it was a riveting testimony for the jury. She was composed for most of the time, did come to tears a couple of times, and was very composed under cross-examination as well. So I think the jury was riveted to her testimony. After all, this is the person they wanted to hear from. Cosby had some interesting reactions. He, He did have reactions during the testimony, sometimes smiling, sometimes shaking his head. Uh, so and sometimes just consulting with his lawyer after she would make comments. So uh, Bill Cosby seems to be uh, really he just arrived for day number three of the trial, seems to be in a good mood and very confident here. He even gave the crowd a fat Albert. Hey, 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 as he left trial yesterday. you got to so, be kidding. No, <laughs> no, I'm not. So Boy, it uh, makes it, me it, wonder whether he's at all, you know, divorced from reality. He is 79 years old and virtually blind, I am told. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the penalties he might face upon a conviction in this case? Well, but he's charged with three counts of aggravated indecent assault. He could get 10 years on each of them if found guilty, but it's thought that he will get at least 10 years if he's found guilty here, which would basically be a life sentence for Bill Cosby. You would have to think so. In closing, how much more of the trial do we expect? How long is this going to go on? Well, initially, they thought this would be a two-week trial. It seems to me to be moving faster than expected. Uh, Andrea Constand, I would expect, will spend at least the morning today under cross-examination. After that, we'll hear from some uh, some expert witnesses for the prosecution, then turn it over to the defense. This may end sooner than two weeks. We'll follow it closely. We have you, our man, on the ground in Philadelphia at the Cosby sexual assault trial. News Radio 1025 National Correspondent Bill Zimfer. Thanks as always, my friend. Anytime, bud. Good deal. There you are. I got to tell you, Yaffe, this guy does reports for stations all across the country in our network here. Bill Zimfer is one of the best. And Joe Gomez does a great job for us, too. You know, they're terrific. Yeah, they are really good. They're I smooth like as silk, and they always they always have it together. And there is not a single question you can ask these guys to which they don't have the right answer. It's really amazing what they do. Well, and then they have to do it all day, yeah. you know, for many different stations. I don't know. I don't know if I could do that, John. I have no idea how they do it. They really <laughs> are remarkable. They're real pros and a great, great resource here. We just wanted you to appreciate them a bit uh, as much as we do. Uh, in a moment, this NSA leaker. Chick, okay, she could go up the river for 10 years. If you want to stop these leaks, 
by people with political agendas who do not have the best interests of this country, much less of this president at heart. There is only one way to do it. Max out on the prison sentences. She could go for 10 years, and that is what needs to happen here. She admits what she did. Put her on trial and make her go to prison for the full 10 years. That's the only deterrent to others behaving in the same outrageous and unacceptable and potentially dangerous way for this country. That's my take. If you haven't connected to this story, we'll take one more run at it here in just a moment. This 25-year-old Air Force veteran who worked in the Air Force as a linguist, knows multiple languages, Reality Winner is her name. She sounds like a Kentucky Derby horse, okay? But she's not going to be a winner. She needs to be a loser. She needs to get the maximum penalty allowed for law by what she did, and that is 10 years in prison. There is no way to shut down these leaks unless you max out on the penalties. I'd like to see them be more severe. As a caller said earlier in the show, we are a nation at war, in the war on terror right now. And, you know, there's precedent in this country for this kind of thing, getting you the death penalty when we are at war. Um, We'll have to see, but I, I do not support this. You may say, well, she's trying to get the information out there about, um, you know, what was going on with the Trump administration, et cetera. It doesn't matter. The law is the law. And the law says you go to prison for up to 10 years for doing what she did. I mean, she is a lefty. She's pro-Bernie Sanders, Michael Moore, et cetera, hates Trump, calls him the orange fascist in some of her social media postings, and calls him a piece of blank, et cetera. She did this for political reasons to undermine this president and, by extension, the policies he is trying to implement for the good of this country in the name of those who elected him to the highest office in the land. These people need to be stopped. There is no other way to do it but to make the penalty so severe that fewer and fewer will take the risk. That's how we got a lot of potential drunk drivers to stop getting behind the wheel. Because when you get a DUI, it just ruins your life. That's how you change behavior. We're going to wrap it here. It's been a quick ride for three hours. Thanks for coming along on the 50,000-watt front porch where your seat is always reserved. See you tomorrow morning from 6 until 9. For Deb, for Yaffe, for Bryce, the Budman, thank you. God bless you, and God bless America.